Previously on Rock and Roll for Initiative. Okay, so are, are, are we looking for David's grave then? Or? I, I mean, I think we're kind of looking for a bell. And we, got, we gotta have some place to start. That's all I'm saying. Either way, I think we still need to search that church. Hey, Cross, everything all right? What the fuck did you say to me? Is everything okay? Are you all right? What? What yeah, is I'm, going I'm on? I'm fine. What is going on? I'm just tired, okay? Okay. Uh, okay, okay. I just... I... I need my medicine. Yeah. yeah. You have your dailies. You need your dailies. They wouldn't let me pack my dailies. I've been a good cross. I'm a little boy. I'm losing at the pain. What if I kill myself? Well, well, kill myself, huh? Maybe guilty. Yeah. Carl, what are you... What do you say? What do you say? We need to get to that church. There might be some wine in there. We need to get there. Yeah, the only wine in there is you over there. All right, man? So the bell's not here at the chapel. It's in the graveyard somewhere. The cabinet? That is suspect. Do we want to try it? Hmm. Sure. I got some juice. Right. Bring it with me, buddy. Oh, sh- 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 shit. That would, uh, that's some good juice, but that wasn't the, uh, I wanted the cranberry juice I wanted. <laughs> that is the only juice you'll need. So, here's your record player. Ooh, we can play some music. Music. Guys, there's hundreds of zombies headed towards the amphitheater. Oh god, oh, what did god. we do? What, did we what do? were the zombies doing? They they were heading towards the amphitheater. So if they're all at the amphitheater, they're not anywhere else. So a zombie has the bell we need, is, is what I'm thinking here. I'm thinking it's probably David. So what you're saying is that we need to burn this church down. The thing, I don't, I don't think we have to fight these guys at all. I think they're the audience. audience. The hundreds of gathered dead shift in their seats. What are we gonna play? First thing Something depressing. Guys, let's get that spark back. Oh, yeah. Do or die. Do or die. David, if you're out there, ring, ring that, that bell, bell for us. Tell him we want to bring David up on stage. We want we him up, up here on stage. stage. Could you guys, guys get him get back, back, back over, over here? Over here. They toss David onto the ground with a thud, and the bell around his neck begins to shimmer. <laughs> Roll your initiatives. Roll your initiatives. Feels himself transforming into the disgusting satyr he always knew that he was. I, I am Crawford Moss, am Crawford Moss and I am a part. The best goddamn part in the world. What truly makes him angry is himself, which is my way of saying that, that George's barbarian rage comes from his self-loathing. Light gold scales start sprouting from his skin. As he awakens to his powers as a paladin. Enlarge him while he's transforming. Ready to join the Golden Guild fan club, kid? Black smoke starts to envelop and, like, come from within Benedict. He feels like he's really made a pact. He's really gained these warlock abilities. You try and raise your buckler up to throw it off balance, but the pickaxe cracks you right into your shoulder. You actually fall backwards onto your buttocks. You are hurting. 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 Uh, uh, oh god. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs>
Hello, so as always I am sitting here with boys, I got wonderful swelt boys around me. We are sitting here in the lovely almost autumn breeze heat, I do not know what to say. We are full of chocolate cake and amphetamines, only one of those things is true, I will leave it up to you to decide which. Today guys, as we're getting into things, give me your fun fact as always, but you know, I just want to know the favorite movie or movie series of your character and give me a good reason why. We're gonna start out with our favorite grumpy old man. I'm Andy. I play Benedict McIntyre, <laughs> the uh, old man. Fun fact about Benedict McIntyre is he actually has three cats named Lemmy, Cooper, and Ronnie. Love it. And Benedict's favorite movie is actually One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I don't think I need to explain why. I don't is, know. It just feels. Is it because of like the big mystical Indian, or is it because of Jack Nicholson? It's definitely the Jack Nicholson. Uh, okay, that's you, you disrespect that's Chief like that. Hey, listen here. I, I absolutely am one who loves One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but we must call out our mystical indigenous minorities whenever they appear on screen. The Green Mile is a fantastic film. Oh, I love that movie. It is a great movie. And this is Nate. I play George Georgeson, the band's synthcordian and drunkard. <laughs> Uh, Syncordian's the name we're going with. Yeah, Syncordian. It, it just it rolls off the tongue. It's a verb now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a noun. It's a verb. I'm Syncordian. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I hate when my parents walk in on me Syncordian. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have not said player. Pass out like a little pamphlet, you know, worried that your child <laughs> may be Syncordian. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. We will use it as a verb now. <laughs> But a uh, fun fact about George is his real aspiration in life is to be a cobbler. Oh. Peach or apple? Shoes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you're Daniel a leather worker. Yeah, he, he wants, wants to be a cobbler. Yeah, I he, mean, wa- he wants to follow the path of Daniel Day-Lewis. There's, there's not a huge degree of separation between those two, I think. Just be I a cobbler. Like I got one side of it down already. Yeah, yeah. I learn you the other make, intricacies. Yeah, you make the top part of the Doc Martens. <laughs> you could do both, but it might mean doubling your office hours to like six hours and a week. And won't happen. Hence why it's his, his dream. It is a dream for a reason. It's just too much work for George. <laughs> All right, and... George's favorite movie is surprisingly Homeward Bound. He just loves those damn dogs. I, I cry every time I watch it. When, when, when it the fills, river... Ooh. It fills a void in George that he never yeah. knew was even there. Aww. <laughs> oh my gosh. With that. the void of having a family? Just being loved. <laughs> hey, George, George, George has a family. He's got a he stepson does. and a very of. wealthy wife. Hey, George, what are your, uh, what's your family's names? Hey, yeah. <laughs> George, are you the WNBA of your family? What does that even mean? <laughs> exactly what you wanted to. In a business sense, if she's the money earner, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> we don't, we don't hate on women's sports here. Support, Support women. women. Hi, I'm Kevin. <laughs> and I, fl- I play your number one shining star paladin of the group, Gil Albright. Fun fact about Gil is that his parents, when he was growing up, 
his parents wanted him to be a doctor. That being said, they had no plans on supporting that dream of theirs that they gave him. <laughs> so, that's why he's in Gary, Indiana now. How did Gil end up in Gary? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, that's a story for a different day, yeah, 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 but yeah, I want to know. Find, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's for another time. <laughs> but uh, as far as Gil's favorite movie or movie series, he loves the Shrek films because they taught him that true beauty is on the inside, and he thinks that's really special and nice. Oh yeah, Shrek. You know, it's it's a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. What is it like? Twenty two years later it's his now. Favorite A twenty four series. Yeah, I mean, it was everywhere in Poland. Like they had like little games in the square, and prizes were either Pokemon or Shrek, and there was no exception. That's Pokemon awesome. worldwide, baby. That's awesome. World. <laughs> Hell yeah, worldwide. brother. Crawford Mouse. Hell we yeah. might actually have to edit out the Pokemon talk. Miyamoto, forgive Miyamoto. me. Hi, it's Zach. Uh, I play Craw Ma, the group's resident guitar player. I'll get it right one of those days. Fun fact about Crawford is he once messaged a 13-year-old Gil. A 13-year-old Gil? Wait, are you country lover 39? <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn right I am, Gil. After all these years. That That's mystical night. <laughs> I brought you to Gary. Oh, shit. <laughs> we got the scoop. What, 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 I, I can't determine if that's a pr- reaction. Yeah, I don't understand, like, but it's also very fitting of Craw. He, he did it like a fugue state, though, so he doesn't really know that he did it. But, it yeah, like and also, his defense, thing. it was pu- probably just purely for friendship. <laughs> I messaged everybody back then. <laughs> Are you the reason this band came to be? <laughs> Some country cockbag speaking <laughs> bunch of misanthropic individuals who might play instruments. <laughs> <laughs> and then it only took what 13 years for me to come out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Followed his dreams of pole dancing off into the sunset of Gary Mom, Indiana. <laughs> Mom, Dad, you know you told me I should be a doctor, but I gotta go to Gary. Ran away at 13. <laughs> I'm just gr- no. Oh no. And then you go and ruin oh, it. No. You just ruin it. <laughs> Ooh, this is probably the most entertaining intro I've ever done. <laughs> um, so, Cromwell's favorite movie. You good there, brother? Cromwell's favorite movie is Shattered Glass because he loves how awesome Steve Glass is in that movie and how captivating and honest he is. He hates. He hates how unfairly he gets treated towards the end of that movie because he's the best writer than the New Republic ever had. I love it. I know it's the joke, but I gotta say it because I don't think many people are gonna know Shattered Glass or no, maybe they will. Christ, no. I love that you literally picked the character who's the epitome of plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, his, his known feat in this universe is being the king of plagiarism and made him Krama's idol. <laughs> Life is good. In fairness, he's also somebody that couldn't get on the bar for that same reason. Before we get going here, I got one last thing, guys. And uh, some of you, well, I think all of you know about it, but uh, we need a a moment of solemn silence because we recently found out through Nate's prophetic research that the only Denny's that happened to exist (laughs) in Gary, Indiana burned down around the time we started coming up with the idea for this show. And what's weird is that the Denny's was red. (laughs) A moment of silence for Gary's only Denny's. Denny's. Denny's.
we should we should point out real quick too that uh we didn't plan that around the burning we only found out recently that happened yes yes to be clear we we had no idea about the burning until several weeks ago we had nothing to do with it the boogie boys aren't real they might be Krama puts the musket to his mouth <laughs> <laughs> Crawl. I want to use the, uh, like a bardic tumble to g- disengage him. Backwards roll. Gonna turn my guitar over so that the back is facing me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start to tap it. Yeah. Bongo that guitar. I'm gonna bongo that guitar. Or I'm gonna look at David. Or no, no, I'm gonna look at the guy in front of me, and I'm gonna attempt some vicious mockery on him. Some vicious mockery. Do tell what happens. That's pretty good. Yeah. Keep on going. You're a big tubby bitch. I'm gonna put you in a ditch. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to roll anything, but that's amazing. As you say that last part, it had its hands up holding this pickaxe, and they kind of lower, and it's like. It kind of moans painfully as you you see the insults kind of knock it back. Swell. Hell yeah. (laughs) back over to George, so you're reeling from that pickaxe hit. Alright, so George is... Now, the one thing I haven't asked yet for this... Like, can I fly? Because of the wing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I want to, like, jump up and then give myself a little lift with the wings to come down. Oh, you're going for a double jump. Okay, yeah. what I want on that, then, I want an acrobatics. See if you can get this double jump. Fifteen. 15. Oh, I'm sorry, that's actually a 17. 17, yeah. So you jump up, and for the first time ever, you flap your wings, and it comes naturally just like walking, and it gives you that extra height as he looks up in almost slow motion. This is giving you height advantage, so on your chance to hit, you get an additional plus two. Coming down with his maul. So the first one's a 18, Mm -hmm. and I got my advantage roll here. And that one is significantly better. It's a 26. That is absolutely a hit. Roll that damage. Tell me how you're smashing them. So I'm just coming down full force. You know, I'm just letting my body weight in this maul just fall right on top of the skeleton's head. 14 damage. Right right on the skull. As you crack him on the back of the skull, he actually drops his pickaxe to the ground. He's not able to hold on to it. And when you land and he kind of looks back up at you, his head is now completely upside down. It is still attached to the spine, but it is completely upside down. And you can tell that he is lopsided. Gil. So David's in front of me. Yes. Right. Okay. And the and the two dwarves are on left and right. Left and right. Yep. Okay. And I'm 12 feet tall, <laughs> feeling on top of the world, shimmering golden dragon. Shimmering golden dragon. Your dick will never be bigger. It's true. <laughs> I'm gonna swing at David. I'm gonna attack him with my spear. Yeah. Yeah. Do I have room to charge? How, how yeah. big is it? Okay. Yeah, 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 you do. Yeah, a couple of steps. Sure. All right, why add, not? add that plus two to it. You're coming in with a yeah. spear. I already describe it to me. I already have a pretty reduced AC. What's a little bit more? <laughs> so this is plus 10. <laughs> so that's yeah. a 27. Yes. Oh my gosh. 20. So that is a hit. Uh, while you roll your damage on that, I'm going to see if he's keeping this bell spinning. So that's eight damage. Eight damage. I think Gil 
tries to go right for the head. So he does a little, he tries to stumble back so you get him more in the shoulder, but it is a solid cut. You feel for the first time, you know, that feeling of just taking a weapon and slicing it into, you know, it's undead, some flesh there. And as you do so, he drops the bell. It's still hanging around his neck, but it is no longer ringing. So all of your ACs have gone back up by two. And as you pull that spear out, he cackles at you. (laughs) And it is his turn. So this time he grabs the bell and in the blink of an eye he goes from being, you know, on his knees at your feet to suddenly flashing right before your your face. It's like he phased. And you see the bell directly in front of you and as he squeezes it, a harsh shrill note just rattles inside of your skull almost as though it's going to pop your eardrums. Mm. He is using harsh tone. I need a wisdom save. For half damages. You think it's special? Gotta be fifteen. Ooh, let's hope I can do this. That is cocked. I'll take. I'll. I'll. I'll take it as it is. That's a seven. So as you feel this harsh tone in your ears, you you feel as though your eardrums are just about to burst. You take five damage. You are rolling at disadvantage until the end of your next turn. It's almost worse. And he finishes by phasing back to the ground. Now, we got the the big boy here in front of George, whose head is upside down, meaning he's having a great difficulty in coordinating his swings, but he's not even holding his pickaxe anymore. So, the first thing he does is we're going to see if he can reorient himself. He reaches up to his head to try and spin it around, but George, that gives you an attack of opportunity. Yeah. Let the hate flow through you. 24. That is a hit. Crack him. So I, I want to do this a little cinematically while he's like, you know, adjusting his head. Okay, I want to like shove it between his little dwarf legs and then flip him over me onto the ground. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, first do the damage. Okay. Uh, for that, we're going to do some fancy rolls. Are they cinnamon rolls? Deluxe cinnamon rolls. So, Get the fuck out. Uh, 11 damage. Right up into his schnutz. We'll do it like a grapple. It'll be your strength against his not-so-good reflex. Okay, I get uh, advantage on strength checks. Yes, you do. Now, I, I did roll a 17. Yeah, a- 18. Okay, tell me how you end him. So, okay, I just, I, you know, I pick him up, and literally whole way around, he lands on his head. And neck, I imagine that snaps off first as I just crush the rest of his body with the maul. As you finish your blow and you pull the maul back, you know, having slain an opponent true, well and truly for the first time in this new mystical place. Bones turn to dust, and as they're fading away, his hands give a soft applause for you I, as they fade into dust. As he fades to dust, I, I turn to David and just... As you do that, it's right after he finished, you know, bombarding Gil sonically. He looks at you, and he actually stumbles back on onto his buttocks, and he, he trembles. You've knocked him prone. Hell, you're intimidated. Gil, this figure to your right, the one that is near you, Krama, looks up at you and goes, and you see a red flash in its dead eye sockets. It's giving you the evil eye. Willpower, boy. Oh, it's a six. <laughs> As you make eye contact, you feel your muscle joints lock up. 
you cannot move. You feel your scales kind of flexing as you try, but as he raises his pickaxe, and he's swinging right for your manhood. With disadvantage because of the efforts of Krama and his mockery, he swings up with his pickaxe in like a golf-type swing. He does not hit your manhood, but it sinks deep into your thigh. Oof. 18 damage. Wowzers. Wowzers. And as he rips this pickaxe out, you see that there's a just a gaping, open wound. Yeah, Benedict looks at Gil and watches what just happened. I think he thinks Gil's looking a little rough. From your angle, you can't, you know, see him front-facing, so all you see is, you know, blood dripping from his groin. Well, that's unpleasant. <laughs> I think Benedict's gonna go up behind Gil, like right, like back-to-back. And I'm gonna cast Cure Wounds. Ooh, oh, thanks, buddy. I'm gonna, you know, I, I feel I feel the need to heal my teammate, <laughs> and suddenly I know how to heal. I'm like, there you go. This is useful as hell. I could have saved a lot of people in Nam with this. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you remember your fallen brothers. You stare off into the distance. Yeah. Yeah. It gets real sad for you. <laughs> you get 12 hit points back. Cool. As a nice little just. Lifting melody, just bass, just changes to a nice little, just gentle melody. Nice. You, you see the hole in your thigh, Gill, begin to patch and scale over. Crawford Mawson. How far is the one in front of me? The one that attacked Gill? Yes. It is about six feet to your right. So I would like to attempt to cast cutting words at it again, and then the vicious mockery. I'm sorry. Yes, vicious mockery and cutting words is it. Whoop. Different thing. Vicious mockery, and also remembering that I'm a satyr. While I'm saying it, I want to use a ram to try to ram him in either his knee or his dick. You can't rock. You can't rock. You couldn't hit his cock. Now you're gonna feel now the power, feel my the glock. power, my glock. He is not able to resist, and you <laughs> see the sonic cacophony just smashing into him again. How much damage? Uh, five. That was really impressive. Five. <laughs> Jeez. As these words hit into him, you know, they, they, they cut deep and they're hurting and he makes eye contact once again with you. Now, you said you're trying to charge him with as the, you're yeah, doing this, I have right? a, a ram with my head. So technically, you can't do both of these Dang. things at the same time, but I, 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 you know I value oh, cinematic, yeah. so I'm saying that you're doing the mockery as you're doing it. Give me that charge. Ram him. Oh. 24? Absolutely. You crack into him. <laughs> A svelte three damage. You have disengaged him from Gil. Since I didn't specify, because I said both his knee and his dick, I'll say probably the same area that he just hit Gil in. Oh, just like in isn't, the thigh. isn't that just right? dramatic? <laughs> yup. George is raging, so he doesn't really even notice that, that Gil was hurt or might even need help over there. Essentially, I guess what, what George is going to do here is he's going to uh, run, start of a run, and then it's going to go into like just flying. Oh. Uh, as I as I charge down David. Ooh, I like that. Okay. That's well, a uh, 16 on the athletics. Okay, make your charge attack. You oh, yeah. you are moving blindingly fast. Benedict, you're watching this since you're back to back, you're facing this. You just see him swoop. Benedict's also a little terrified actually of how fast he's moving. <laughs> You've never seen George do anything with that much determination. 18 on the hit. 18 on the hit. All right. Hell yeah. Yep, so 12 damage. Tell me how you end David. His blank eye sockets flash. You see he was trying to do something with the bell, but the mall is just moving too quick. Would I break the bell if I hit it? You want to find out? 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, <laughs> what, what, my, what my game plan is here is, he, is he's trying to, to move the bell. I just want to like basically smash that into his head as well. Your maul catches the bell and it just presses it into his undead soft skull, which begins to crumple. You see his limbs contort and go stiff and then break apart as he falls into a pile on the ground. And the bell, actually because it was on a necklace, kind of spins around and then wraps itself around your maul, like a totem on okay. the maul. And it's a little maul trophy. George just lets out another. Benedict actually puts down the bass for a second and just slow claps. Love it. And now we're on the Yu-Gi-Oh. All right. The dwarf zombie that hit me. I'm gonna hit him back. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm looking for revenge. That is a 24. Oh yeah, that's a hit. Roll the damage. That is a 14. Tell me how you end him. So, I'm just gonna swing this spear into him like a bat and send him flying. <laughs> so, as you see, this skeletal dwarf just fly into the stratosphere. The last things you see before it passes beyond your line of sight is it, it too, similar to George, is giving you is a slow applause. You slay the last of the undead dwarven bluesmen. As this draws to a close, the rain suddenly lightens up. The dark, ominous clouds overhead clear back. You see the, the barrier panes around the stage shatter like glass. And the undead horde has fallen into the pews and remains a crumpled heat mess of bone. And the wind blows in the silence as you all look at each other. Well, that was a lively performance. You, you charged, you charged into a kid and turned him into pace. I really don't know what happened. <laughs> I was just a Bro, big I, ball of emotion. I, I got to ram a guy in the dick. We had we had those uh, we had Gills Ghouls help us out. That was nice. George is just ringing the bell around his mall. Hey, you know I do I do want to note though that that our best show in literal years now was for a Legion of the Dead. That's pretty metal. (laughs) I played accordion. (laughs) Can I uh, can I see the bell? I I, you know lower down my mall and. Have you take it off? Slug. Gil, you take note that the, the golden hue of the bell matches almost exactly the golden scales on your new body. Oh, how aesthetic. Can you fly, Gil? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. No, I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, stage dash. I don't think that's a good idea right now. I I, I don't know. I, I That, that pickaxe kind of hurt. Uh, my legs are kind of... I, I use the most useless ability I have in this race, and uh, it's called Healing Hands, and you gain three health. Oh, yeah, I, I, I touch right below your dongus. <laughs> Is there anything we would like to check out still while we're here? I think we need to go to the gate. I think okay. we go to the gate. I got all the confidence in the world Get right the now. Get the hell go. out of this oh, place. Yeah. Gil looks at the, the bell in his hand and said, Really, rang that kid's bell. As we walk out of the amphitheater, Benedict wants to say, He's grateful for all the dead that attended our show tonight. <laughs> Thank you.
Your group's had quite a transformation in the last several minutes. And you're making your way up the long, steep, muddy hill to the gate to the upper part of the old blessed. Is everybody all right? Oh, that did not feel good. I feel great. feel pretty all right. I, I feel pretty all right. That was the most enjoyable concert I've had in a while. As you continue making your way up the hill, you know, the mud that was kind of making you slip and slide before, it doesn't even seem to be an issue with this newfound confidence you've got going, and you find yourself passing that old cabin on the left and making your way directly to the gate. The gate that leads to the upper part of the Old Blessed once again reads, Please the Lord. You see a small round indent in the center of the gate, surrounded by two chiselings of wings. George is going to choose to end his rage. And I guess I'll just do a perception, just to get a little more. <laughs> yeah, that's fitting for my first roll. Okay, so a nat one on my perception. There. Uh, <laughs> uh, as you are ending your rage, you end your rage, and I'm going to say, and I'm going to make it canon now, that coming out of your rage, you are aware that this is the most sober you've been in however long you've been an alcoholic. It hits like once. It's like the sudden crushing weight of information. And the only... You, you can't even see. Your vision is just taken aback because your mental overload at this level of sobriety is just astounding. Looking at the bell area, this is a big brass door. Matches the brass bell that you have. Bell is tingly to the touch. The bell looks to be the perfect size to fit right into the small indent. Okay, I actually... George is just going to put it in there then. Just real quick, I wanted to ask if I could do a divine sense on the bell. Oh, that's probably good. You don't know what that is, but suddenly I, you do. <laughs> as as George is, grabs this bell, Gil looks at it, and he feels like a like a, a twinge in the back of his mind, something like to grab his attention. He, he hears a he hears a voice come down to him and kind of like like a like a shriek scream almost telling him to check out that bell that there's something special about it listening to that uh, that shrieking voice in your head you are most certainly aware that this is absolutely a divine artifact uh, whatever divinity was placed on it was placed long ago you are not yet familiar enough with your new abilities to, you know, pinpoint, here's a name, here's that sort of thing. Yeah. But you, you can just tell holding it that some sort of magical, famous, legendary, whatever musician did something to this bell. He, he starts to see a, a form take place around this voice. The image of... The one who inspired him to get into music, the one and only Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. Adorned in multiple colors of scarves and just looks so like someone who Steven Tyler is. So as 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 this form appears, Gil's like, "My God, my 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 one and true inspiration, Steven Tyler." Yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of like snaps out of it. It's like, George, wait, can huh? I see that before you put that bell in there? Well, I mean, uh, okay. Can I see it? All right. Why, why are you so urgent about it? I just something something came to me. Something told me I need to sh- I, look I extend, at that bell I first. I extend my maul towards you, and I uh, just say, "Take take the bell, kid." <laughs> 
So while they're doing this, Krama is just staring at this gate, arms open in a Jesus Christ pose. <laughs> we'll see how many still is a goat man stuff so in here. D- d- disclaimer: I, I, I think we all here very much enjoy Soundgarden, and Love it is, uh, yes, unlike many of our references. This is meant with the utmost reverence. And Never respect. heard of them. What? Get the <laughs> fuck out. You are done. No. For no legal podcast. For legal for reasons, that was a joke. If you are a friend or interested in playing D&D, let's call <laughs> So, Gil, as you hold this bell in your hands, not only is it tingling to the touch, but you hear, you know, the instantly recognizable shrieks of your lord and savior as though they're off in the distance echoing over the hills and dales of the hymnal. And as you clutch this bell... You feel it being drawn to the door, almost like a magnet, like the bell wants to be put in place. Guys, I, I'm going to put the bell in the hole. I know you were about to do that, George, but... I literally was just about to do it. I, some, some tells me I think it would be better if I did. Whatever. It's all, all about Gil. <laughs> George, George kind of storms off a little bit, pissed off in his sobriety. Ooh. Ooh. Where do you storm George, off to, George? Just, just like a couple feet away. Like, turn, I just turn my back to the group. <laughs> oh, you don't even go anywhere. You just no, like, I just, fine. I just make a dramatic like four steps to turn. <laughs> kind of shaking and sweating a little bit. I'll tell you what. Anyway, Gil puts the bell into the hole. So, Gil, as you place the bell into the hole, as I said, it's magnetically drawn in. You feel your hand almost thrust forward as it's pulled. The bell fits firmly into the round slot. And as it does... The two embossed wings on the door, right next to the bell, begin to shimmer with a golden light. And each and every one of you feels this golden light radiate over your body. And your ears, your hearing, it sounds almost like a ringing at first, but it begins to decay into just a dull thudding. The clouds overhead at this crackling dissipate. It is a nice, calm, almost autumn-like day, and the door begins to move both left and right, opening into the walls. So looking through the gate, it is a very steep incline up. Remember, this leads to the upper level of the Old Blessed. And as you're making your way up, the sort of somber atmosphere that you've been used to since you've been here begins to fade and pull back. And as you finally make your way to the top of this new hill, you see before you a nice, beautiful little vista. This area is not big. There are no gravestones up here. On your left, you actually see green, living, thriving grass. And in the center of that grass, a very small pond. Very small pond. Next to the small pond, there is a roaring campfire and next to the campfire are five look very neat and clean sleeping bags laid out as though this was expected to the right on top of this hill you see an old decrepit building it looks similar to a mausoleum or a crypt above ground doesn't look to be very very large but you can see that it's on a slope, and there's something off-putting about looking at it. Overhead, the sky darkens a bit as the gray turns into amber, and the sun begins going down over the hymnal. That was a very scenic picture you just pictured, painted. I just, oh. Benedict's pretty suspicious of the sleeping bags and the roaring fire, to be honest with you. As is George. Like, we were just in a really muddy, rainy 
undead filled graveyard and yeah, we don't want to get them dirty not his concern but <laughs> suspicious it's very out of place so immediately as you approach the campfire it's like that perfect level of warmth looking at these sleeping bags not only do they look clean and fresh like they were just unrolled after having been you know washed somewhere they look very well padded and they look to be sleeping bags from your world Okay, does, does George know that, like, you're a magical being at this point? I healed Gil, but I don't know. Beyond that, I don't think you, you've you seen me use magic yet. Yeah, because, like, I, I kind of want to call, like... Hey, 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 George? You you gonna, you gonna turn and face me, buddy? I, I okay. <laughs> I, I like... <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, so, I, I don't fully, like, you know, front face you. I kind of give you, like, shoulders, shoulder view. You do, like, the side eye. Yeah, like, like, like a shoulder view, like, and, and I'm hovering above you. So, you, uh, have my, you have my attention. Oh, such a prima donna. Yeah, did you notice anything funny about these? Or I'm just help? suspicious. I just see some sleeping uh, bags. I've seen traps before. I got this. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, my, my arcana, or whatever this is going to be, is not high. So, we'll find out. Uh, that is an eight. As you look at the sleeping bags, you you feel some sort of like deep, like pumping in your chest, and I'm not going to say a voice, but just kind of like an instinctual feeling. Looking at these, you feel as though whatever happened to you, whatever happened to your friends, there's some sort of connection here. There's some sort of connection between what you're experiencing with whatever new sensations are occurring. So I don't, I don't, I don't think these are bad. I mean, I think it's connected somehow to the fact that you're flying. I look like a devil. He's a goat goat man. And yes. he's gold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> gold dragon. I prefer the term night goat. I think they're connected somehow. I don't know. How, how are we all feeling? Like, do you want to explore? Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you believe that he's taking, that he took that to heart like that? What are you talking about? He seemed, he's, he's had his back turned to us the entire time ever since you took the bell. I just thought he was getting used to flying. Gail, you're a, you're... You're a good kid, Gil. Again, the sun continues to go down. This place is beginning to be shrouded in darkness. And you can start to hear the the sort of ambient nighttime sounds begin to whisper in from the hills and the dales of the hymnal. George just immediately turns to away from the group again. And he's actually going to go explore the right side now that everyone's all together. All right, so as you approach the mausoleum, there's an air of discomfort that kind of washes over you the closer you get to it. Not necessarily, you know, something horrible saying, don't come in here, but you just kind of feel uneasy. And it's like there's a great weight attached to this building. Uh, As you approach the building, you see that it's constructed out of alabaster, has faded over time. There is green moss covering the exterior of this building. The windows, which line the circular building, and several rows look as though they were once, you know, maybe a nice stained glass, but they've all sort of dulled over time. You can barely see any hints of color on it. And looking through that entryway, you see the stairs descend, so immediately you're going down into something, and it is it is black. As you stare into the blackness, your eyes begin to almost hyperfixate to a level which you've never experienced before. And looking down, you see that as these stairs go, one, they're very steep stairs, you can see that there are candelabras lining the descending staircase on both sides. They do not look like they've been lit, but there are candles in them. Now, beyond that, 
you can't necessarily see just because of where you're physically standing. But these stairs look very well kept. No dust. It's almost like they're untouched. Okay. Okay. Cromot does tend to feel uneasy near churches. I. Uh, hey, hey, come on, come over here, Benedict. Take, take a look at this. All right, all right. I come. Uh, Benedict comes over. I respect you. I respect you. <laughs> Thanks, George. Benedict obviously knows something is wrong. He's sober. This is a problem. He said that seriously. He's having a temper tantrum. Yeah. All right. Well, that looks like a crypt mausoleum. Yeah. And then, and then George just stares off into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> now Benedict has seen this before. He's like, yeah, this is what happens when a lifelong alcoholic is sober, mm-hmm. and it's not a pleasant experience. But to be honest, I'm kind of afraid of the booze that we have. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what do you what do you see over there, boys? No, uh, it's a it's a crypt. I saw that. I yeah. saw that. Did what's down there? Do we do we know yet? I uh, can't see. Not bad angle. Bad angle, but I don't want to go take a look at it right now. Would you like me and Gil to take yeah, a we, look? You can come down and take a look. You're your own people. <laughs> uh, how, you know what do, do, do we want to take t- take a break here and yeah let's just rest, let's for, just, the rest yeah. for the night george yep. yeah i think i think i need a nap yeah i uh-huh. need a nap all right yeah let's <laughs> check it out we can check it out first thing tomorrow you'll sleep sure. on the other side of the fire from george <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all right all right okay so all right so immediately at the mention of ooh, maybe let's take a nap you suddenly all feel it and you recall something that Missy Strums had told you what she said. Now, boys, it takes a lot out of you transforming like that. It does not come without a price. And as those words echo in the back of your mind, you're feeling that price right now. Almost suddenly, like somebody threw a switch to just sit down and to stop moving in any sort of active way. You know, that sleeping bag looks, looks pretty, like, pretty comfortable spot. Pretty comfortable spot. Yeah, it really yeah. does. It really does. I'm feeling that right I'm now. I'm feeling that right now. You completely forget that you were even upset yep. with Gil whatsoever. But man, is this sleeping bag comfy on your tuchus as you're sitting down? And it's getting pretty dark. Do we have any food? Any food? I admit, I'm pretty hungry right now. I got some chaps, some, some scented chapstick, and these lips, well, they're not lips right now, but these lips need lips, need chaps. Man, Crawl, you must be really tired, buddy. Crawford's eyes cross and he face plants onto the sleeping bag. Crawford Mawson face plants directly into the sleeping bag, you know, face down, ass up, the same way he came into this world. (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as he does, you see a horrifying sight as his satyr-like legs begin to shift and crack back into their normal composition. You see the horns withdraw underneath, you know, his forehead. His fur begins to shed. It doesn't vanish. It sheds. So what you see after this moment of honest body horror, is Crawford Mawson still wearing the outfit, face down, ass up, in a pile of his own satyr fur. Uh, oh, God. Oh, no. I bet it's... It stinks. Have you ever smelled the inside of a yard waste bin? Whatever this is, it feels familiar. As you lay your head down on the pillow, 
you fall into a sleep as deep as the dick is the dick Crawford Mawson. You find yourself on a nice carved wooden rocking chair. You're on a lovely colonial ranch style porch that stretches along the side of a very, very large ranch house. You see in front of you that there is a large fenced-in area with wild mustangs running around. There's not a cloud in the bright blue sky. There's a nice western wind. So familiar. So right in your heart. Oh my. This is... This is lovely. What kind of horses are they? His, his years on the farm really should tell him. You can't quite seem to remember the breed. In fact, that word that you had in your head before... Mustang even sorts to fade away. Their form kind of shifts back and forth between whatever type of horse you're imagining in your head. But you don't you don't find this strange. This doesn't strike you as strange. All you can think about right now is that lovely glass of sweet tea that suddenly wound up in your left hand. Mm. It's a mighty fine sweet tea. It is what we do down south. The enormity of this house, all alone. Everything you ever wanted. Grandma, hmm. <laughs> I think, is going to stand up from the chair. And he's going to turn around. As you look at the wall that was sitting behind you, you didn't recall seeing a door before, but now you do. Carved, carved by wood. You see antlers just tracing the door frame of the door. And now that you see it, you remember building that door with your own two hands. As thousands of loving fans crowded around your famous ranch house and took photos of you. Oh, yeah, right. How could I forget? Use the mighty craw claw to get that door in. As you approach the door, it opens without you even touching it. Almost like it's commanded by your will. And you step into a large, wide-sweeping living room. Taxidermied animals all over the place. You see your prized possession, the treasured, famous oil painting of you grabbing life by the horns and in this instance what you're grabbing is a yankee flag and you're tearing it in two as your rippling muscles just bulge out and not a sound not a soul to be heard in this house uh, I walk over to the painting and painting looms about 15 feet overhead the ceiling itself in this large open room we're talking 30 feet vaulted ceilings. Oh, man, I, uh... But of course you remember all that. Why would I have made that so high? I need to get to my bed. And as you say that, you turn around and you see that suddenly this room doesn't quite feel so big. 
What are you talking about, 30-foot ceilings? You know, they're only about 10 feet up. About 10 feet up. No, I, I kind of want to touch that painting. As you put your hands on the painting, uh, you're startled. Your phone vibrates. Who is this? All of the messages, all of the messages, messages from reporters. You're Krama, of course they want to talk to you, but can't they just leave you the hell alone? Uh, I think I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna take it back. George Georgeson, as you lay your head down to sleep, your eyes suddenly, and by suddenly by your standards, they kind of groggily open. Huh. Of course, it's your bed. $8,000 bed with a nice pillow top, the special remote so you can angle it however you want. Of course, your wife doesn't sleep in this bed. Alone. Everything is a nice shade of white, exactly how you like it, nice and clean. You don't have to do any of that. All that's done for you, and it's perfect this morning. You, she, before she went to work, she came in and took care of you like she always does. She even left a special bottle of your favorite bourbon oh. right on the nightstand with a little cup and a little note that lovingly reads, Good morning. She could have wrote a better note than that. <laughs> George just, uh, he wakes up out of bed and does his morning routine. He shower, shit, and shave, and cracks open his bottle. As you crack open the bottle, you smell that familiar smell of your favorite bourbon. Smoky Gary's premium bourbon. That oaky flavor just, you know, dripping down your throat. It feels familiar. It feels right. You feel the comfort of it. Your suit that you don't even remember putting on. You look down and you see your suit is nice and pressed. Man, is it comfortable. And this room, this white big bedroom that you're in is spotless. You know, she really does a bang-up job for you. Check for dust, like, behind the TV and... No traces of dust. She even got that. But you do notice there is one small, small brown stain. It smells strongly of bourbon. You must have spilled bourbon back here sometime. Damn. That sounds like me. All right, well, it, it's time for the morning routine. What, what I'm going to check the clock? What time is it? Well, uh, you already knew this, of course, but you see that it's uh, it's about 9 a.m. 9 a.m.? Right, I got about two more hours before I have to go to work. I'm going to go out and play some ping pong in the garage next to my tannery. You find yourself in your garage. You remember walking there. You remember walking there. You're in your garage. And there's your ping pong table. You know, uh, one, one thing that this ping pong table does bring you a little bit of socialization, which we know is very important for George. A little bit of socialization is your stepson. He loves a good game of ping pong. And I'm sure you whoop his ass. And, and feel uh, no, no remorse. No he, remorse. Needs to, he needs to learn a tough lesson in life. Well, you know, it is summer vacation, so maybe he's home. Maybe he wants to play with you. Yeah, I'm not going to call him down. Make him come to me. I never seek out attention from him. Absolutely. Besides, you know that the sound of that ball hitting that ping pong court, that's going to bring him running. All right. Serve your ping pong serve, and it is just perfect. You know, if somebody was on the other end of that table, you would have you would have overwhelmed them right from the get go. It's it's as good as can be. And like an idiot, I should fold the table up because I'm playing by myself. So I fold that table up and I continue to whack away. Go, 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 go. She missed another spot. There's another stain, another brown stain, a little bit bigger this time, just right on the face of the ping pong table. 
He's upset now. But he takes care of it. Not everything has to be on her. Not everything has to be on her. Of course, you know, man, you've been down here a while. As you look at your watch, it's it's about five in the afternoon or evening. Oh, well, I guess I should at least open the shop for an hour. So I, I open my garage door. The table's down again. Didn't, didn't you put that back up? You know, at this point, I imagine I'm on my second bottle of bourbon, so George don't even... You don't know what's going on here. Maybe you're more sloshed than you thought, but there's just... It's just covered in bourbon. It's wet. It's slick with it. That's what happened to the rest of that bourbon. God damn it, I knew I didn't drink at all. You hear a knocking sound from upstairs. Oh, shit. Gil. And you look around, but it's okay. It's okay. It must, it must have all just been the craziest dream. Yeah. The craziest dream. You know, it's nighttime in here. You got a little bit of window light, and you look to your left. Heather's there, so everything's got to be okay. In your little, your little studio apartment, everything looks exactly as it was. What a, what a wild dream. There's something. Looks around, kind of calms himself. Looks at, looks at Heather. Her back is to you. She's laying on her side, one arm underneath the pillow. And you can see the light sort of gently framing her. It's quite beautiful. Just kind of looks, looks at her, takes in, you know, her, her form, her shape, how the, how the covers lay across her, how, how her hair falls when she sleeps, and just sort of comes back to a comfy place. As you're looking, you, you hear an alarm clock go off right next to the bed. That, that's weird. Time for that to be happening. And you see Heather shuffle a little bit. Hey, hey, honey, is that is that your alarm going off? The alarm is stopped. And yet you you remember she said that she had set an alarm for you to pay that bill, right? That bill as soon as it's the next billing day, because you keep forgetting. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot to pay the. You gotta find your phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So looking around, you check under the covers of the bed. You know, you check. Between the bed and the nightstand, maybe it fell off, and you feel the phone vibrate in your left hand. And as you look at it, one, you see your solitaire app notification. Always there. Clear that thing off real fast. You look and you see you even set app. You set reminders for yourself, you know, pay this, pay that. In fact, you're seeing all of your bills just laid out there, nice and organized. But today's the day. You got you gotta pay all of this. Oh, oh no, God, I forgot about Ah, oh, that's just bad timing. I, 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 uh, Gil opens up his phone, looks looks for his banking app, sees if he has enough to... As you look at your balance, there's a, a little bit of relief, just enough. You might have, like, another 40 left over, which you're probably going to give to her. I can, I, can, I can make this work. I, the shove enough's not too far from here. As you, as you blink, you see that the sun is now creeping up. And you're, you're laying in the bed again. You must have you must have fallen back asleep. But Heather is not next to you. Heather, Heather, you around? She puts her hand lovingly on your shoulder. She has a nice cup of coffee for you. What's what's wrong? I, I've, I've been I've been sitting here. Are you okay? I I, I must have just dozed off and didn't see where you went. Didn't know if you were in the room still. I just wanted to. You're shaking sure. a lot. Are, are you all right? Did, did you sleep okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I, I just, I, I just there's, a, there's just been a lot on my mind recently, and it's just, it's good to see you. I missed you. She smiles warmly at you. 
And as she is smiling and she leans in for a kiss, just remember in that blink that you paid the bills and you wanted to let her know that. That's been a big, you know, you got so much on your mind. Benedict, you uh, you feel the hot, soapy water kind of burn your, at this point, you know, very well-worn hands as you finish scrubbing the dish, washing dishes. You hear the, the clankety-clank of silverware and plates coming in and out. It's just another night here at Denny's. <sighs> Doing that old, that old grind, getting the Denny's, getting those drunks their midnight meals. I wonder if George is out there anymore. As you, uh, as you ponder this thought, clattering of a large amount of plates set down right next to you and you look to your left and you see Sarah, young Sarah, probably your only real friend here. She might be young, but she, she's seen enough of the world to understand your point of view. Right. Ah, oh, they just keep coming, old Ben. Yeah, you at least making good tips out there, Sarah, tonight? Oh, you wouldn't believe what the hell just happened. So this table comes in, right? We're talking a 12 top. It's 2 a.m. Probably just got out of that concert going on. And they come in, order a whole bunch of Grand Slam, which is they get appetizers, drinks. Four bucks. Four dollars. Tip. Kids these days. I mean, they're t- teenagers. You know, I stand out for my generation, but goddamn. Four dollars. But hey, this is Gary freaking Indiana. This is apparently how we treat servers here. Yeah, it's the life. I mean, at Denny's. I don't know why I took this fucking job. You know, if, you know, if Sean's on shift tonight, I don't want him to catch me. You don't think Sean's here tonight, and the reason you're aware of that is because you look over in the staff little break area and you see that the vending machine still has peanut butter cupcakes. Still has peanut butter cupcakes. His fucking fat ass would just absolutely have demolished those already. And you know, the more you think about Sean, the more upset you get. Now here's this guy, he's in his 30s, making 100 grand a year managing this Denny's, and you guys are just here in the dirt of it, you're here in the mud of it. Just pisses you off. I fuck that Sean back. He's not here. He's not here, by the way. Thank God. You see her light up a cigarette back here in the dish room? You know what? Fuck these dishes. Let's have a smoke. Let's go out back, old Ben. Yeah, we're not doing much more business probably after this anyway. They can wait. They can hold. Immediately upon you saying that, you find yourself at the back of the Denny's. You see the parking lot is still full as it wraps around. You don't care. You don't care. You know, it's Dan. What are they going to do? Fire you? Exactly. And uh, you take a nice drag on your cigarette. You see Sarah doing the same. And she's looking at her phone. See on her phone, she's looking at a picture of her kid, her little girl. Hey, how old's how old's your daughter now, Sarah? Kaylee. She's, she's four, if you can believe it. <laughs> it feels like just yesterday. Yeah, I know. You've been here a long time. You've been here a long time. No, we got her. We got her signed up for preschool. It's another. <laughs> we're 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 trying with it. We're trying, and she seems to be doing okay. She's biting less now. Always positive. Yes, I didn't have any kids, but we're hoping we can at least move her through into that. I keep telling him. I tell him, hey, listen, give it a couple of years. She's off in school. She's playing a sport or whatever it is she's doing. She's on her own. You know, I can finish taking that class, and we can get the fuck out of Gary. That's what I'd do. 
I'd do. That's what I'd do if I were you. You're a good well, mom. That's what you did. That's what you did. I mean, <laughs> I know. I was, I was gone for a while, but I, you know, in the end, I came back. You know. Where would the stones have been without you, Benedict? Probably the same place they currently are. Won't lie to you. You see her almost freeze in place. She doesn't breathe. The smoke even almost seems to freeze in motion from the tip of her cigarette. And her head slowly turns up to you almost unnaturally and straightly. And as she stares you in the eyes, her mouth opens. And where should you be now, old Ben? Alright, Cromaw continues to uh, draw water for his bath. The tub is filling up. He's looking in the mirror, but he doesn't like what he sees. Well, that's kind of odd, because you know what you see is exactly what you always wanted. You see your cheekbones nice and chiseled and defined. In your perfect bathroom, your million-dollar bathroom, you got, you got steer horns on both ends of the tub just the way you like it. And... Looking at your muscles, they're just as good as ever. That beard looking nice and drawn on. You know, you see Crawford Mawson. You are Crawford Mawson. He opens the medicine cabinet. You open that medicine cabinet, you see exactly what you expect. All of your creams, all, all your, your shaving instruments. You got your eye cream, your base moisturizer, right? You got beard washes, your beard conditioner. You got all your backups for your hair care products in there. You're Crawford fucking Moss. You're Crawford fucking Moss. Pill bottle. Couple of pill bottles, actually, now that you're really looking at it. Gotta see what those are. You know exactly what they are. There better still be some in the bottle. Empty. Damn. Alrighty. I turn and look to see how far the tub has been. Oh, don't you remember? You you, you shut it off. Did I really? Oh, I must have done it without thinking. He's going to shut the medicine cabinet and take a deep, solemn look at himself in the mirror. Then he's going to punch the mirror. I don't think I want this bath anymore. What bath? What are you talking about? There's no, there's no bath. There's no tub. I think I want to go outside again. Crawford Mawson's going to go outside. You step outside and you're immediately greeted in the face with a bright series of flashes. You hear the screaming voices of thousands of fans, most of them female, and you're just so happy and thankful that your security set up that fence so they can't get on your property. And they're just pressing up against the bars and they're screaming out, Crawford! Crawford over here! Selfie with us, Crawford! Oh my god, Crawford Boston! This is what you were born for, baby. You entertain the people. Oh, yeah. Give the people what they want. Put a little chapstick on. Nice and soft. Mm-hmm. I uh, I walk over to the to the area where all the people people. I assume you said there was a fence. Oh yeah, nice iron gate. You remember the day that Horatio put it in. I also remember the day that I fired Horatio. You do remember that day. Anyway, I I think I want to I think I want to start to uh I think I want to climb it. I want to climb that fence before you're able to get your hands on it. You see a pair of girls' hands reach out and they kind of kind of tug you towards the bars and you see a phone pop out in one of their hands and they start taking selfies you can already tell that with the filters that these are going straight to snapchat better better put on the face come on you know you're crawford moss and they can't see you looking looking startled i broken smile you're smiling you're smiling these girls fawn and yell more as they see the famous crawford face the craws maw that eyebrow raised and as you go to climb up the fence you get a couple feet up 
but more and more hands just keep reaching out and tugging at you. You see cell phones and flashes. People, people need to see crawl. I came here to see crawl. I keep trudging towards the top. You manage to pull free of the grabbing hands and the phones. And as you do, your boot, your nice boot, by the way, you you, you custom bought this bad baby. Uh, your boot kicks one of the phones away, and it hits the sand. And you hear those screams of, you know, joy at seeing your name, and those fangirlish expressions suddenly turning to angry yelling. You see fingers being pointed at you. That, you just realize that's, that's all on camera. You climbed up, you kicked the fan's phone away. The people want Krom on. He doesn't want them. You see the taglines flash before your eyes as you stand atop the fence, and the crowd points at you and jeers and boos. I turn my back towards the fans, and then I uh, kind of like put my arms out and fall into the fans. Went away, you know they're they're sick of sick of you, Craw. And you pull out your phone, and you just see all those headlines: Crawford Mawson, you know more of the same. Crawford Mawson. Yet again, turning fans away, Crawford Mawson. Lip-syncing on new record, Crawford Mawson. An article from Rolling Stone. I made Rolling Stone. Talking about your new album. What's the name of that album, Cromaw? Crom on Down the Mountain. Crom on Down the Mountain is labeled as so pandering, so inauthentic, it might as well be jingle music. You know, do I... As you look at the black glass of your phone, the face looking back at you, you do not recognize. You look at it, the hair, better, matted. No moisturizer on the face. You can't even see those cheekbones. The beard, you see some unkempt hairs. You don't even know who this person is. I smile back at my phone and say, Hello, Eugene. Hello, Eugene. So George opens up the freezer, gets some ice cubes in his glass, pours himself some bourbon in a glass for a change, and just stares at the dishes that need to be done. Yeah, there's there's a whole mountain of them, and you know, now that you're looking at it, that, that sink hasn't been cleaned in a pretty long time either. Are the counters. Like, there's a lot of dust up here. You even think the glass that you just put these cubes in is a little dusty. Hmm. I'm gonna go get my steps on and make him clean it up. What's his name again? George is drawing a blank. You you hear that knocking noise upstairs again. He must be playing in his room. Probably beating off and fucking watching all kinds of sick, sadistic porn. Yeah, and you know, if you walk in there on that, you're going to have to be the one to have that talk with him. Never. It's going to be your job. As you uh, take a sip of your bourbon... You feel a bitter taste on your tongue, and you spit it out. This isn't Smoky Gary. What, what is this? This is Costco brand bourbon. Each and every bottle says, nice value. Oh, no. Not the off-off brand. Dozens of them. Dozens of bottles and nice value. And you know, this fridge is pretty nasty, too. It doesn't, doesn't even have two separate doors. It's just a fridge-freezer all-in-one. It doesn't even come up to your chest. Look, I look around my kitchen. You, you're a little taken aback by what you see. What the hell happened to your pristine, beautiful house? This, there's a very small counter. Your, your nice island, your kitchen island's gone. Your spice rack's gone. All those plates and dishes that you didn't really use, but you liked having there. 
all gone. Th- th- this place looks almost like an like an office like office dining kitchen, a break room. Nasty, 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 nasty. I need a lot more of that bourbon, but it's shitty, shitty brand. So George is gonna take a trip down to the liquor store. You blink your eyes and you find yourself standing in the entryway to your apartment. You just you just remember, yeah, this is your apartment. That house, it's a, you haven't seen that house in a long time. But at least you have your son, or your stepson. What's his name again? It, do, do I recall it? No, it's not coming to you. Starts with a, starts with an F, maybe. Well, whatever the case, at least you have him. And you hear that knocking noise upstairs again. God damn it, quit beating off up there! The noise stops. Thank you. You blink your eyes, and you're back in your apartment again. Harry, holding your two bags, your plastic bags full of bourbon. You look down at the brand, and it's it's special value. Son of a bitch! Well, you remembered though. You just you just didn't have the cash to swing for for the good stuff. It's kind of been this way for a while. Now that you think about it, need to check out my tannery. See what happened to all my tools. Those were expensive tools. When you blink, you find yourself standing in front of a, a storage garage, somewhere kind of out in the boonies. There's a lone street light over, and you got a small unit. It doesn't cost you all that much. And when you open the door, there they are, your prized tanning tools, covered in dust. Damn. How long has it been? Kind of what the fuck is happening in my life? You know, you, you don't feel like it's been all that long. You're looking at like, why the hell are these things so dusty? Heck, you, uh, you're... you're chisel over there. The handle looks brand new, like you almost never used it. Maybe I can sell this stuff for some better booze. As you uh, say that and you grab some of these tools out, you hear a clattering noise at the end of your tool table in this storage unit, and you see that there's a picture frame face down. Investigate said picture frame. When you lift up the picture frame, you were wondering where this went to. It's a picture of you and your wife and your stepson, whose name is still escaping you for some reason. You're obviously hungover, but you remember this morning. This was the morning where she made your eggs the, the wrong way. Yeah, the, the way you don't like it, but instead of asking her to remake them, you ate them anyway. It's because I'm a good guy. Yeah, she, she snapped a photo for the occasion. Just the three of you. Brings back some warm memories. Yeah. Whatever happened to my wife, I should probably try to call her. <laughs> Because obviously she ain't paying the bills. As you uh, reach into your pocket to grab your, your nice iPhone, you, you wrap your hands around the clamshell feeling of what you pull out and see is a, a track phone. That's right. You, you couldn't keep that, that payment going. It was just, just too much. I, I guess I just call in the shitty little phone I have. Do you remember her number? Of course you remember her number. You'd never forget it. But you haven't talked to her in a long time. You, you better take a drink. I will, well, begrudgingly take a drink of this bourbon. So as you dial her phone number in, you are met with a very quick and abrupt voicemail message. You can tell she definitely just hit deny. You went straight to voicemail after one ring. You remember, though, that she told you she couldn't have contact anymore. Not after, not, not after last time. You know, George does remember last time. What happened, George? You know exactly what she's talking about. Except you have no idea. Right. Yeah. At the same time. It's usually how my life goes. It's a, it's a strange sort of occurrence. You think it had something to do with... What was his name? Was it, was it Ryan? Was Ryan his name? My stepson? You, thi- you think maybe Ryan, maybe Reynolds, something like that. I, he, he caught a ball or something. Caught a ball? Like, 
you know, they, 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 it's very hazy in your mind. Maybe he caught a ball. You remember being upset about something, though. You don't remember much of what he did, but you, you remember being upset about their, their liquor choice. A lot of memories start coming back to you. Standing alone in your, your little uh, makeshift tool shed that's basically a 4x6 storage unit. I had to sell a lot of things to make ends meet. All to support my... You think it was Rodney, maybe? Rodney? The name still, name still escaped. Still escaped me. He wasn't important anyways. When you say that, that he wasn't important anyways, the storage room door shuts, leaving you alone with your tools. In the dark? In the dark. I, I flip open my track phone and use the backlighting for some guy. What track phone? You sold that weeks ago. All right, can I uh, try to get out? Like fumble my way out the door? You you can feel the lock loose and you lift it up a little bit. You need you just really need to put your back into it. Man, you could use another drink. Oh, you know, just something something to help you get the get the get the motor going. So you set it back down. You you stumble in the dark to find your bottle of special value. You know, take your sip. It's awful, but man, does it get the job done. You have a thought enter your head. You know why? Why the hell are you even lifting this door? The, the tannery is going to be open in a couple hours anyway, at least for an hour or so. Just open it then. Why now? Deal with it later. But I'm not in a tannery. I'm in a storage shed. Gil looks at his looks at his phone, looks at the payment of the, the bills that he just paid earlier today. There's a feeling of satisfaction. He's proud of himself that he's able to you know provide for, for him and Heather, even though, you know, feels like he could be doing more, but he's happy. So Heather smiles warmly, she looks down at your phone and gives you a little chuckle and you know, a little rub on the cheek there. She said, Oh, I knew you could do it. Gil uh, looks up at her, smile on his face, like anything for you. You see, she was definitely asleep, but she looks she looks pretty haggard, pretty yeah. tired, you know. Uh, bags under the eyes, got that that stereotypical college student look, right? You know, overworked, underpaid, and just striving for something better. And she sets the uh, her coffee cup in your sink, which is littered with them. No big deal. Yeah, and she just starts rifling through her bag and getting herself ready to head off to class for the day. Hey, yeah. I'm proud of you. you. I believe in you. She she turns around and, you know, just sighs and gives you a sort of like, oh, you know. It's all good. It's, it's going to be worth it. It'll be worth it. Get the hell out of this place and I'm married, hopefully, to the most famous musician this side of Gary. Absolutely, babe. I, we'll make it through. I know. I know we will. She whispers in your ear nice and softly. And if the musician thing doesn't cut it, then the best stand pole dancer this world's ever seen. Don't work too hard today, all right? Yeah, I'll try, I'll try. So I should have the car back after my shift just in time for you to snag it, load up, and head to the gig. I'm sorry I can't make it tonight. I know it's a big one, but... I have that big... I, we got finals tomorrow, and I just... I really can't afford to lose any more sleep. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no not a problem. Hey, listen. I'm here for you, okay? Oh, by the way, are, you guys are getting paid this time, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, because I, I, I know we haven't talked about it in a while, but we might want to call that pest control guy again. I'm pretty sure I saw Mr. Scabies in the corner this morning. I know. He's back. Just wanted to put that on your radar. If we can't swing it right now, that's okay. We'll deal with it at a, another time. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. Absolutely. 
And as she turns to walk out of the room, she puts her hair up in a bun and pauses at the door handle, turns around real quick and says, You know, have you tried writing a song? I mean, honey, I mean this in the nicest way. Have, have you tried maybe writing a song that's not about wind? What do you mean? I haven't... All I'm, all, all I'm saying is, you know, these reviews, which I, I, I think it's great you guys are getting press, all these reviews, you know, talk about the energy they see, but just not, something's not connecting. And I feel like when I listen to your music, and it's good music, baby, but when I listen to your music, I just don't feel you in it. You know, I feel, I feel like what you want to be is in there, but I just, I just don't feel you, honey. Okay, I'll... Hey, you know what? I'm actually writing a, a new song right now, so I'll... I'll definitely, I'll definitely take what you just said into mind. No rush, you know. No, there's, there's no rush. I, I don't mean to rush you, and I don't. I, I'm sorry to dump this on you before, before the gig. I, I just, you guys could really be something. I just, I, I think you know if you really, put your all into it. I'm just, I'm, but I'm proud of you either way. Yeah, th- thanks, thanks, Heather. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get it next time. Just, just you wait. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get that, that Gil Albright spirit into it. She pinches your cheek and gives you a kiss. That's my shining star. And as she says that, she walks out of the apartment, shutting the door behind her. You got nothing on the agenda today. You know, you always set this up day of a gig, make sure that it's on a day where you're not having to worry about the studio, you're not going to get calls. You're feeling inspired. You know, maybe maybe it's time to get to work on that song. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, yeah, Gil. Kind of hyping himself up. You're, you're going to write the best goddamn song that your girlfriend will ever hear. Start start writing that song. Goes over to his, his he calls his work desk. It's just basically the kitchen table. Uh, it's got Heather's old Chromebook, though. You managed to get her that second one for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I got a really good deal on that, I remember. Open it up, it's a little slow, but eh, these things happen. Like, man, I, I think I need to look into getting a new table. Someone's kind of... Rusty, falling apart a little bit in the metal. Whatever, whatever. Got to write that song. Gil opens up a word document, sees some some lyrics that he's been working on. Nothing too too crazy. Just a you know a verse here and a verse there, trying to make something that fits together. Yeah, and you're you're looking at him, and I mean you don't get it. These 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 lyrics sound great. You know you know push through the wind. You know let the wind whip. Even have you even have the guys singing the backup. Let the wind whip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah these, these are great. You know, this is this is this is good so far. I, 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 she doesn't know what she's talking about. I, I, this is a great song. Hey, you know what? Maybe she just heard it wrong. Maybe she wasn't in the right state of mind to hear it. Exactly. Yeah, you you, you think that thought to yourself in your head, like yeah, they they just weren't in the right state of mind. You know what? Maybe she doesn't get it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she just doesn't. Get me. Uh, so Benedict looks over to Sarah. And he's like, Sarah, are you, you all right? It's a weird night, I know. You know, like a, in a quizzical sort of motion, turns her head and looks at you, and you see her, her uh, bright, rosy cheeks on her, you know, smile lines and a round, plump face, and turns into a confused sort of smile. Benedict, who, who the hell is Sarah? Someone I used to work with, I guess. Sarah's a name you haven't thought about in a long time. This is Ethel. This is Ethel. She comes in just on those Saturday morning shifts, one day a week. This is about all you can do anymore, but she's here every Saturday morning with you. Yeah, Ethel, yeah. Yeah, it's 
Good Saturday. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Benedict. Are you feeling all right? Should I call the doctor? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just remembering old old friends. <laughs> oh, that's always you, Benedict, remembering those old stories. Truth be told, that's the main reason I took this ship. <laughs> Just to hear you tell me about all those times and all the bands. I so would love to see you play. Oh, I got I got plenty more for you, Ethel, if you want. No, please, tell me one of them. Tell me one of them. Um, as you say that, she kind of groans as she stands up to lean back against the wall and slowly ties her apron. It was, I, I, I can't remember the years. Back with that, the, the fellow from the doors. Jim Boston. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah, it was Jim. It was a rainy night in Detroit. I was playing, I was playing with... Jim and the, and the rest of the guys. And, oh, it was a fantastic time. You played with the Doors? Yeah, yeah, for that one night in Detroit. Oh, my goodness. That that must have been something. You know, I, I got real into the Doors Oh, when I was, uh, I want to say when I was in high school. And my, my father and mother were huge fans. They always kept the albums. and I just, It took me a little while, but what I would have given to seeing you play with them. Oh, it, was, it was a good time. I miss it. I miss it a lot, Ethel. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you miss playing the music with your friends. Was, we were all real sorry about what happened. Well, life, life, life comes at you sometimes, you know, as you get older. Yeah. Well, Benedict, what do you say we go feed those hungry mouths? Mm. All right, lead, lead the way, after you. She holds the back door of the Denny's open for you, and you look down and you see the wheelchair ramp that they had installed just for you for all your years of service there. And you know they meant it as a kind gesture, but you don't like looking at that thing. It reminds Benedict of his own issues, mortality. Been around for almost almost a full century now. Seen a lot of things come and go. Getting to that Betty White age. And a lot of things come and go, a lot of changes, but you know, something that hasn't changed is old Bennett Denny's. And you know those customers are just waiting for you to come on in. Alright, so Benedict's gonna roll into uh, into the Denny's. I think he sees the little breakfast bar. Hey, Gre- Greg, Gus, how you boys? <laughs> how you doing, old Ben? Oh, it's old Ben, everybody. Come on, come on, it's old Ben. Old Ben, old Ben, tell us about that time you played with Jefferson Airplane, because my buddy over here, he doesn't believe you. Oh, Jefferson Airplane was a hell of a band. I miss them a lot. They were good, good people. Shit. You played with Jefferson Airplane, man. Oh, way back in the day, yeah. You see the one lean over and talk to his friend. Jefferson Airplane, this guy played with Airplane, he played with the Doors, he played with the Stones. I heard you even had a, a stint for a little bit as the lead guitarist of Steppenwolf. Very short time. It was more of a fill-in gig, if you will. Gotcha, gotcha. Damn! Your name's not on any of that stuff, though. Like, what, what, dude? You just didn't want to... It was more individual gigs. I was just helping the boys out. Honestly, I, I was never one for fame. I tell you, old Ben, with your talent, you could have been, you could have been a superstar, man. It's not about the fame, boys. Remember that. As you say that, you hear uh, the sound of some dishes being set back in the dish room. I gotta go, boys. I got. I hear my work a calling for me. That's old Ben. <laughs> All right, old Ben, you take care. Same time next Saturday. Oh, always. As you roll yourself back into the dish room, you see your your sturdy workhorse of a dishwasher still chugging on after all these years. You know, five decades with this with this baby. Five decades with this baby. 
and you're the only one who knows how to work her just right. Just gotta give her a smack it now. As as Benedict rolls up to the warm, soapy dishwasher and the big old machine, he looks down at his, you know, guitar, calloused hands, and he misses it. He has a deep, deep sense of almost regret about where he's at right now. Looking at his hands, he misses it a lot. Rock and Roll for Initiative is a lovingly made D&D podcast by Zach, Nathan, Andy, Biggs, Roger, and Tyler, a group of lifelong friends who really just enjoy playing D&D. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Rock and Roll for Initiative and invite you to check out our Patreon, Facebook, or TikTok pages for weekly updates, clips, playlists, and more. Visit our website at rr4initiative.com. That's rr, the number four, initiative.com. Be sure to check back for new episodes every other Wednesday. Just want to give a special shout out to our slew of patrons: Spooky Group, Frost, Nat Ridge, Grix Teague, Simp for Gooseberries, Mika Fuji, Need Chief, and more. You guys are the heart and soul of this. Without you, we couldn't keep old Zach fed. So we thank you so very much. Any money that goes into this show, whether it's through Patreon or otherwise, stays in this show. Our idea is to grow, our idea is to build, and 100% of those funds go directly towards helping us improve. So hey, if you're enjoying the show, why not check us out on Patreon? Starting membership is free, and you get access to the Discord. There's a whole slew of things on there we're working on getting rolling out, and we can't wait connect with y'all more. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a pleasant week. Except for you, Neil Diamond. Music creation, production and editing by Roger, episode production and editing by the team here at Rock and Roll for Initiative, certain sound effects and extra clips acquired under the Creative Commons license, necessary credits when applicable are available on our website. The story, all names, characters, and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This product is a piece of fictional entertainment media and should not be understood to have any legal backing. Rock and Roll for Initiative. <laughs>